Good morning. How are y'all? You're good. Good. <laughs> the spark notes remind anyone else of high school? Just me? Is I the only one who's... How about cliff notes? Okay. Not because we use them, right? We read all the books we were supposed to in high school. <laughs> hey, when I was in high school, the inevitable questions started to be asked. What are you going to be when you grow up? And for some reason... Up until my junior or senior year, I had not given that even an ounce of thought. Um, I realized I need to make a really big decision. And the SATs came and the college visits and all the things you have to do to prepare for college. And I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. Um, my mom, I remember she told me one day, she's like, well, Sarah, you just have to choose something that you like doing, like something you enjoy spending your time doing, and then just go that direction with your life. And I was like, okay. I really like watching Project Runway. That was my favorite show. <laughs> and all the fashion shows on TLC, that was the best. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to school for fashion design. So I chose Baylor. It has one of the best design programs. I was like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to get to go choose all the fabrics and design amazing masterpieces and sketch things. What I didn't realize is that fashion design is really hard. It's super detailed, and it requires a lot of math and precision, and it's, it's just a lot. I remember staying up till 2 or 3 in the morning in my college dorm room trying to sew buttonholes and realizing I am not good enough at math for this. Um, don't even get me started on zippers. Like, I just never, I never mastered it. Um, I was an honor student in high school, and no kidding, intro to fashion design at Baylor was my first ever C. It was so hard. I had big visions of, you know, going to the fabric store and getting all, this, all the fabric and getting the right thread and making everything look beautiful, but I just didn't take into account the detail of sewing. Um, I didn't realize you have to like pay attention to your seams. They have to stay at the same distance from the edge of the fabric. And I just, I'm a, a chaotic creative. And I just wanted to throw the fabrics together and sew it fast and like get it done. And that's not how it worked. Um, recently, I decided to pull out my sewing machine again for the first time in probably 10 years. Um, I took up quilting. Don't ask me why. I, I don't know. It may be a quarter-life crisis. Um, I will get <laughs> randomly fixated on new hobbies, and I decided quilting was the thing. But this time, I've been extra conscientious of going slow, paying attention to the details as I put my fabrics together, I'm cutting precisely, not just like going ham on it. Um, and I want to make sure that quilt comes out precise and beautiful and exact because I spent the time thinking about the details. I've learned the hard lesson that we can get misaligned when we don't pay attention. That was true for me in fashion design, but I think it's also true in a lot of different areas of our life. One of those areas is our thought life. Um, all those thoughts you have swarming around in your brain, when we don't pay attention to what's going on in there, it can easily get us derailed from what God has for us. If I asked you right now, what are you thinking about? What would you say? Are you thinking about a stressor at work? Are you worrying about your kids? Did you come in here this morning wondering if you are enough, if you're doing enough, if you're failing? What's going on in your head? What's replaying in your mind this morning? 
Our minds can run and race and stress out and swarm and spiral, and sometimes we don't pay attention how many of those thoughts don't have anything to do with Jesus. I often need help reigning in my mind, and I wonder if you do too. Um, I found myself in a season a few years ago where I just kept chasing the rabbit trails in my brain. Like, it would take me down a path of fear and anxiety, and I felt like I couldn't get out of it. Um, It would lead me to a really dark place, and um, it just filled me with a lot of anxiety. And that's when I picked up this book by Jenny Allen. It's called Get Out of Your Head, Stopping the Spiral of Toxic Thoughts. This is a fantastic book. Um, Jenny talks about the science behind our thoughts, how our thoughts can very quickly lead to behaviors and emotions. Um, She talks about how freedom is available to us and we don't have to stay stuck in this cycle of destructive thoughts. Um, The intro of this book, it says this, I love this. It says, our enemy is determined to get in our heads to make us feel helpless, overwhelmed, and incapable of making a difference for the kingdom of God. But when we submit our minds to Christ, the promises and goodness of God flood our lives in remarkable ways. So yes, our brains can spiral because we're human. But also, yes, there is freedom in Jesus Christ. Um, If you're a lady in the room, our Wednesday morning Bible study is starting this book on November 2nd, and we would love for you to join. There's a little QR code up there if you want to scan and sign up. That is an amazing group of ladies. If you are not a lady in the room, I think this book is for everyone. Um, We all have crazy thoughts that run through our mind, and we need to filter them back into what God says is true, and this book has been extremely helpful for me. Um, It's really incredible, so I'm excited to share just a couple nuggets with you from Get Out of Your Head this morning. Um, One of the most quoted sentences in Jenny's book, she says this, the greatest spiritual battle of our generation is being fought between our ears. I love that. The greatest spiritual battle of our generation is being fought between our ears. And I think that's entirely true. Our thought life can so quickly, stealthily slip in and feed us lies that aren't true and get us off track from pursuing a Jesus-centered life. Um, Like my fashion design violations, we can easily just blow through our lives so quickly that we're not thinking about the thoughts that are running through our head, and they can lead to destructive emotions and behaviors. But there's hope. Um, That's what I love about this book. She reminds us there's hope. We're not a victim to our thoughts. We actually have some control over what we put in our minds. And the science says that we can quickly rewire our brain back into believing what God says is true. And so here's what I want you to hear today more than anything else I say. Um, Renewing our minds realigns us with God. Renewing our minds realigns us with God. Um, The theme verse of Get Out of Your Head is Romans 12, 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So some versions of this scripture say, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. What would be the patterns of this world? 
all you really have to do is take a scroll on Twitter or TikTok or do some people watching at the airport when it's a really stressful day to figure out what the patterns of this world are, right? This, the patterns of this world are isolation, insecurity, fear, deceit, addiction, shame, anxiety, pride, regret. I could go on and on and on. Those are the patterns of the world. That's what fix, fits in the box of the world. But this scripture is saying, hey, don't drift into thinking and living like the world lives. Live a set-apart life. You're a child of God. You're living a restored life, a kingdom mindset life, a life that's bought with um, a price by the blood of Jesus. We can think and we can live differently than the world lives. Renewing our mind realigns us with God. Um, This is upstream. This is really hard. It's actually not easy to rein in our thoughts and filter them through the word of God. If you're anything like me, my mind is constantly running and going and pacing. And a lot of times, it's not in alignment with what God thinks about me or my life. Um, The other day, I was scrolling on Instagram, and I saw that a group of my friends were hanging out without me. And within a millisecond, the first thought that entered my mind was, they don't like you you're definitely not good enough for them to want to spend time with you. Um, Jenny talks in her book about how our emotions lead to thoughts, and then our thoughts lead to decisions, and our decisions lead to behaviors, and then our behaviors shape our life. And for me, in that moment, when I felt sad that I was left out, my first thought was, I'm not loved. And you could see how quickly just that thought could shape my next decision. My next decision could be, well, I'm just gonna shut myself off from friendship and community because I'm obviously not good enough for them. And then that decision could lead to some isolating behaviors which could shape my life, right? Has anyone else been in that place or a similar place? So quickly, just a thought that drops into our mind can change into a life-shaping decision. I wonder how often a version of this scenario plays in your head. Let me give you an example. I I really hope I'm not the only one who does this. You're at work, and you're in your office, and you walk past a closed-door meeting with some important people, and the first thought in your head is, they're talking about how they're going to fire me in there, (laughs) or they're talking about how I'm not doing a good job at work. Does that happen to anyone else? Why is that the first thought? That's crazy. But that can lead to some really fearful and suspicious behaviors and thoughts that can shape how we work, right? Um, I see this in our student ministry all the time. Kids who come to student life for the first time, you feel that awkwardness, right? Like, I don't know anyone. I don't know what to do. And the thought in their head is, I don't belong here. No one likes me. And so then they shut themselves off from community and from the one place that they may experience Jesus in a faith-filled community. But it's just from that one thought. Or maybe you're worried about your money life today, your financial situation, and you think, we're not going to make it. God's not going to provide for me. Think about all the behaviors that that could lead to. We have to fight to reclaim our thoughts, renewing our mind realigns us with God. I love this picture from Romans 12, 2 that I shared with you, and it says to renew your mind. 
Um, the Greek word used there for renew, it actually means to renovate or to completely change for the better. Um, I know what to renovate means. And when I think of renovate, um, I think about renovating a bathroom, right? We peel down all the 80s wallpaper, put up new paint. You kick down um, walls or doors, and you put up new, um, new drywall, right? Um, we pull out old faucets that don't serve us anymore. We're, we are um, determined to get that place looking completely new, right? You deep clean it from the inside out. We have to do the same thing with the chaos in our minds. We have to think of it as a renovation, taking what's old and not like Jesus out of our heads and putting in what is true and what is God's purpose for me. Um, In the book, Ginny shared a spoken word by her friend, and I love this portion of it. It says, yes, the mind is a broken thing, If unguarded and let loose, it can attack you and snatch you and trap you, leaving you stuck, self-obsessed, and enslaved. But if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Your mind doesn't have to be out of control. Those thoughts and loops and cycles can stop. One of the best parts about following Jesus is that there's always hope for a better way of living. We don't have to think and live like the world thinks and lives. We can reframe our thoughts and reset them to decide to believe what Jesus says is true. And that leads to a life of life and peace. Um, A verse that I've had to repeat to myself over and over again when I feel stuck is Romans 8, 6. It says this, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. My mind, I don't know about yours, can be anything but life and peace. I often live in the land of what if. What if this fails? What if I'm not enough? What if the worst possible situation happens here? What if everything falls apart? Um, And that's where I live in my head at times. And that thinking can shift my trust in God, and I can forget to believe that he's good. That even if everything else fails, I'm going to be okay. But that scripture says, a mind focused on God is life and peace. I love this quote by Jenny. She says, every toxic thought, every spiraling emotional cycle and trap of the enemy we fall for somehow deep down involves a wrong belief about God. And it's true, all those what-ifs that can play in our mind reveal that we've forgotten God's goodness. We've forgotten that he takes care of us. We've forgotten that he says that he will never abandon you no matter what. Jenny goes on to say, but shifting our minds from flesh to spirit is an ongoing work of the spiritual life. It's not a one-time decision, but a day-by-day, moment-by-moment choice to move from chaos and confusion toward the peace of Christ in various areas of our thought life. So how do we actually do that? How do we move towards the peace of God? How do we actually renew our minds? I think there's three steps, and I'm going to make you say them with me so that you remember them. Recognize, replace, and remind. Say it with me. Recognize, replace, and remind. Three steps. So we have to recognize a destructive thought. 
we have to replace our filter and we have to remind ourselves. So to start, we have to recognize a destructive thought. Are you anxious, overwhelmed? Are you dissatisfied, complacent, or worried? Chances are more likely than not, if that's the emotion that you're feeling, there's probably a thought that in your head that is not matching up with what God says. Um, we have to recognize when those thoughts are out of alignment with God's truth. 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. I love that visual of just plucking a thought out of your head, right? When it drops in there and you know it's not true, like the thought of, my friends don't like me, I'm not enough, I'm going to fail, I'm going to get fired, we're not going to have enough money, all those thoughts, just plucking it out and locking it up because it's not true and it doesn't align with what God says is true. I love that. We must be vigilant about what thoughts come in. We kind of have to be the air traffic controllers of our brains, right? I don't want that thought. That's not true. We have to be vigilant about what is coming into our mind because letting in the wrong thoughts can often lead to destruction. So we recognize that there's a destructive thought, and then we have to replace it. Um, we have to replace our filter. Does anyone in here have a Brita water filter? Just me? Anybody else always forget to replace the filter? I cannot remember to do it after two months. And most of the time, I won't tell y'all how long. It's embarrassing. But I'll remember like months later. But when I do that, when I don't replace my filter, it does taint the quality of my water, right? It's the same thing with our thoughts. What filter are you using when allowing thoughts to come into your head? If we use the filter of the world, we can let a lot in there. Um, often, when we feel hurt or betrayed, um, our filter is more lenient, right? Like, think about it. The last time you were hurt, did you think, well, they did this to me, so that must mean that they're a jerk, or, they did this to me, and I would never do that to anybody else, so I'm a way better person than them, right? The thoughts that play in your head after you've been hurt often are way more lenient, and even though you were hurt, and that's valid, it's still a destructive thought. God's word says that he is our judge and our defender. So we can say, yes, I was hurt, and that wasn't right. But God is my, he is my defender. I don't have to fight for myself. I can like let this one go. We have to replace our filter and the best filter is God's word. Um, a few years ago, I entered this weird season where um, I could not sleep through the night. I would wake up at three or four in the morning and be so afraid. Like it, it felt like an attack. Like I just felt like I didn't know where it was coming from. I would wake up and have panic attacks and it was awful. And this went on for months and months. And a friend of mine told me, she was like, you should write out scriptures and put them all over your room so that when you wake up in the middle of the night, the first thing you see is scripture. So you're not spiraling into this place of fear. Um, so I did, I wrote down tons of scripture that 
um, encouraged me and reminded me um, what God says is true, and I put them all over my room. I put them on my light switch where I would see it. I put it on my lamp. I put it on my bedpost. I put it on my mirror so that everywhere I looked, I was just filled with God's word. Um, And that really helped bring me out of that season because my first thought in my brain when I would wake up was just fear. And those scriptures combated it and helped me pull myself out of it. Because I was seeing God's word everywhere, I was able to replace all those fearful thoughts with God's filter for me. That I don't have to be afraid. That the only stronghold on my life is him. Um, And that helped um, pull me out of that situation. So we have to replace our filter. So you recognize the thought, you replace your filter, and then finally we have to remind ourselves. And we will easily forget. Even after that season ended, I didn't take all those index cards down. I left them up because I knew that there would be another night somewhere down the road where I'd wake up and be afraid. And we have to remind ourselves, once we renew our mind and realign ourselves with God, it's not one and done. Often we need the truth moment by moment, day by day. We need the reminder or we will just slip right back into the patterns of the world and the patterns of thinking that aren't of Jesus. Um, As we end this morning, I just want to remind you what's true. Um, I hope I'm about to read a ton of God's word, and I hope these verses just renew your mind. I hope they realign you with what God says about you and about your life. Um, I hope there's a word or a scripture that just stands out to you and you'll take it as God speaking to you and reminding you that we're not a victim to our thoughts, that we're not out of control, that he is in control of our lives. Um, And we don't have to go through the spiral of toxic thoughts. We can replace them with God's word and renew our minds. So let me just speak this over you this morning. He says, I am the beginning and the end. I am the first and the last, Revelation 22, 13. I am light, in me there is no darkness at all, 1 John 1, 5. My hand laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand forth together, Isaiah 48, 13. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, Jeremiah 1, 5. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. John 15, 16. To all who receive me, who believe in my name, I give the right to become children of God. John 1, 12. My spirit is within you. Ezekiel 36, 27. I will not leave you. Deuteronomy 31, 8. I will equip you for every good work I've planned, Hebrews 13, 21. I gave you a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control, 2 Timothy 1, 7. I will build my church through you, and the gates of hell will not overcome it, Matthew 16, 18. I will comfort you as you wait, Isaiah 66, 13. My steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 138.8. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber or sleep. Psalm 121.3. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Exodus 14.14. And you will be with me, and I will wipe every tear from your eyes, and death will be no more. Behold, I am making all things new. 
Revelation 21, three through five. My kingdom is coming, my will will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Matthew 6, 10. Lord, thank you for your truth. Thank you that above everything else, above every wild thought in our head, Lord, that what you say about us and what you say about you and what you say about our lives is true. I pray that you would give us the strength and the grace to stop a toxic thought before it goes any deeper into our mind. That we would remind ourselves what you say about us. Lord, you are faithful. You won't let us slip. You won't let us fail. You've hemmed us in behind and before, and our life is safe in your hands. I pray that we would reframe our thoughts, that we would renovate our mind, Lord, that um, we would remember um, that our thoughts can be ruled by you and your glory and your presence. Thank you for McDowell. Thank you for these people. Thank you for your great love for them. I pray that you'd remind them of that this morning. We love you. Just name and pray. Amen.